The Quiet Man by Ivy Blossom, as read by Finnegan. Chapter 2, The Ultimate Argument. It's too easy to go back to 221B these days, even though I won't go anywhere near the place. Even here, miles away, I avoid crossing Baker Street. I don't drop by, I don't visit, though Mrs. Hudson invites me back whenever we speak. I don't think she really expects me to accept. The tea, once they bring it, is hot. The cup nearly burns my fingers. I let it sit, steaming, and wait. Mrs. Hudson may have rented the flat out by now. I don't know. I can't quite picture anyone else living there. She must have patched up the bullet holes, at least. New wallpaper, maybe. I don't want to see that. I'm early, I know. Harry's always late. I glance at my watch, rock back and forth in the chair. One leg's too short, it slaps against the tile and makes me feel as if I might tip over. That's something, at least. Something to keep me paying attention. Sitting alone with nothing to do is dangerous. My resistance to the pull of 221B is weakest at times like this. The waitress is blonde and pretty. A little young for me, admittedly. Still, a good distraction. She leans over and picks up some cups and plates, and I can see the pink edging on her bra. A perfect view of her cleavage down the front of her uniform shirt. An excellent distraction. I smile at her, but she pretends she doesn't see me. I can take a hint. The scratch on the surface of the table reminds me the marks on the teak from some experiment of Sherlock's, his casual destruction of property. I can feel the pull of the memory, that cluttered sitting room with the harpoon in the corner, our two chairs facing each other, and the recently dusted mantelpiece. It's always too close. Everything still makes sense in that room, and he's still sitting there. I'm back to one particular day. It wasn't a remarkable day, just him and me waiting for the next case, nothing special. I don't know why I remember it at all, really. It's 221B as it was, more or less. It smells familiar, just as it should, as if he never left. Toast, plastic bags, agar, and dry cleaning. It's home. I'm anxious and you're ignoring me. I run my finger along the mark on the table. I wasn't here when it happened. You never told me what you did. It looks like a knife mark. It could have been anything. We have lots of sharp objects in the flat. A lot of things happen here when I'm not around to witness them. I left you alone with Irene Adler because I thought she was going to kiss you. Maybe she did. You never said. Harry arrives late, very late, nearly half an hour. She carries a paper shopping bag that she stows under her chair. She's talking, something about the weather, her shoes, the tube, explaining herself. It takes a lot of concentration to leave 221B. I focus on the lines of her face and notice that she's getting older. Of course she is. So am I. It's what people do. Her hands are shaking. I wonder if she's had a drink. She probably has. She probably wants another. She talks. I try and listen. I can't stop thinking about Irene Adler. There's a constant argument we're having in my head and it's annoying me. The things she said. That Sherlock and I are a couple. It's ridiculous. And it's untrue, and I can't stop thinking about it. She shuts me up with a simple, yes, you are. 
and I have nothing to say back. I can always count on my brain coming up with some useless rebuttal days afterwards, but not this time. Damn it. It's bothering me. I want it settled. It's silly. This should be obvious. We don't sleep together. The ultimate argument, surely that one wins. We don't sleep together, we never have. Define sleep. Define together. We don't have sex with each other, we don't kiss. I can't even imagine how that would go. Oh wait. Yes, I can. God, you would beat me across the face with your bony elbows, wouldn't you? <laughs> One of your sharp knees would slam into my groin and that would be the end of it. The kettle boils. I'm smiling at the thought. You're all legs and cheekbones, dear God. It would be like getting into bed with construction equipment. I pour the water over two tea bags, pour milk into each cup. No, we don't sleep together. I put you to bed sometimes, I make you breakfast, I pick bits of organ meat out of your hair when required, but we don't have sex. That's not how it works between us. But I've never felt closer to anyone. So the accusation sits there in front of my head, waiting for me to dispel it. Arguing with myself is getting me nowhere, so I'll argue with you instead. She called us a couple. I put your teacup down by your right elbow. You don't look up. Mm. Complete disinterest. You're reading the paper. I can't imagine you find it any more interesting than whatever I have to say, but you're mildly tolerating us both. You were there. You heard her say it. I know you did. Mm. Still no interest. Not even to talk about her. You care about her, don't you? You should want her to know that you're not with me. Not like that. You should want a woman you're in love with to know that you're available, that you're not sleeping with your flatmate, that you're not gay, that you're interested. Why aren't you doing any of these things? You let her think you're with me. Why are you doing that? It would be so easy not to, just once, just once would you affirm that we're not together like that, to anyone, even if it's just to me. A couple, Sherlock. Yes, you say finally, still not looking up. Well, there are two of us. Apparently, she can count. I sit down and sigh. You won't do it. You won't ever confirm or deny. It's strange. But I like it somehow. It's what I expect you to say. What I wanted you to say. I drink my tea. It's too hot and it burns my tongue. You, sensibly, are letting your cup sit on the table a little longer. I never raise the question with you again. But I could have. Maybe I should have. You know what she means, I could have said. You'd ignore that. We're not a couple like that, obviously. Nothing there for you to say except polite acknowledgement that anything has been said at all. Politeness isn't your forte, so you won't respond as a way of getting the last word. I think you like to play with me like this. You're flattered by my whatever. You're married to your work, right? You hate repetition. Are you in love with her? That's the real question. I already know the answer. Would you look up from the paper if I asked you that? Your steely eyes, you'd stare at me for a few seconds, at least, to make your point. Your point being that it's a stupid question, not worth answering. I don't know. I'm missing something here. I think you're in love with her. In fact, I'm sure you are. 
I've never seen you behave the way that you did when you thought she was dead. Yes, you have, you say, correcting me from behind the paper. When you're only in my mind, you can comment on things I don't say out loud. I behave that way when I'm thinking. You know that. She made me think. Did she? Yes. That's like love, isn't it? For you, thinking. I don't know how I feel about that, as if that matters. It's like I'm running fast and suddenly the ground has disappeared. If you're in love with her, which I'm certain you are, I'm not sure where my feet belong anymore. I don't know why I feel so odd about it. I don't know. Are you in love with her? I should be able to force you to answer. You're in my head now. That's all there is of you. Yes, you tell me finally. But it doesn't matter. Of course it matters, I say. My heart starts beating too fast. My hands feel hot and thick. I know the answer to my own question, and now I no longer want to have this conversation with you. If you want her, you should tell her. You should... She clearly wants you. Maybe you should... I don't want to give you advice on your love life. She would know how to deal with his bony knees, no doubt. She would know how to deal with him. She asked me if I was jealous. I think I am. It's strange. I don't know why. He's mine. That's why. He's mine and no one else's. I can't ever say that out loud, God. The look he would give me. Maybe he would be angry. Or just laugh. Or ignore me. I don't know. Why does this bother me so much? I want him to be happy. I want him to be loved, to love someone. Everyone should have that. Seeing him happy with anyone would please me. I'm sure it would. Because I care about him. I don't want him getting hurt. That's all. He doesn't know how to avoid getting hurt. Well, no. No one does, do they? Everyone gets hurt eventually. The first time's the worst, though. Always. Of course I'm not in love with her, John. You put the paper down on your lap. You're bored and kind of annoyed with me. You see, but you don't observe. The truth is far more obvious. I'm in love with you. That hits me hard. Is that what he would have said? Or is that only what I want to hear? No. Why would I want to hear him say that? I, I don't know. We're not a couple. We don't sleep together. Define sleep. Are you listening to me at all? Harry. The real world snaps back into focus. Harry is sitting across from me, a cup of coffee in her hand, looking truly annoyed. She was telling me about her work, I think. Shoes? The weather? I must have zoned out for a bit. Memories. They're so addictive. Yes, I tell her. Of course. Go on. My tea has gotten cold. <laughs>